you've got to make sure that some of your deployment and your automation and your migration tools are all also going to work across all of your cloud environments. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Hello, and welcome to Status Go. I'm Jamie Lee, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. And today I have with me Kevin Barker, Senior Director of Engineering here at InterVision. And today we're going to talk about, is the hybrid cloud real? Happy New Year, Kevin. Thank you, Jamie. Happy New Year to you. Hope it's starting off well. Yeah, for sure. You know, as a thought leader here at IV, I thought you'd be the perfect person to get into a conversation about this topic because it's certainly out there and we, we hear a lot about it and people ask a lot of questions around it. One of the things that I thought before we got started was maybe just give kind of your experience and, and background about yourself and years in the industry and what you've done uh, to give a little context here before we kind of jump into it. Sure. Well, I have been around the IT space for about 40 years, which uh, really I, I uh, cringe when I say that to myself. Uh, you first, started when you were five? Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a tad older than that. <laughs> but uh, I started out actually on the, the business side of it, uh, a programmer, worked my way up through the ranks and eventually ended up becoming engaged at the management level. And then about 20 years ago, I decided to form a value-added resale slash solutions provider and came over to the side of the fence where I now reside with InterVision. And it's been a fascinating journey to see the transitions as we move to centralized models and decentralized models and go back out. And it, you know, somewhat uh, that's what cloud is, right? It's it's really collapsing back into a highly centralized model with leveraging shared resources. And it's, and it's been a fascinating journey. Yeah, for sure. And I and I do think you kind of went down that spot because I think that's a good place to really start is in your mind, where do you think, how would you describe to a layman kind of about what cloud is and how would you define it so that we kind of get all on the same page before we jump into really our topic today of is hybrid cloud real? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that is a key question that needs to be asked and answered because to a lot of people, cloud is AWS. I mean, they're the 800-pound gorilla in the space, and, and they really, to some degree, invented the thing that we call cloud today. But to me and to most people that have been around this for a while, cloud is not a solution in the like an AWS or an Azure. Cloud is a methodology. It's a model. It's a way of doing business that gives you a high degree of instantaneous self-service, gives you IT consumption on an as-needed basis, and gives you very, very quick deployment of your resources as you need them and then disbursement of them when you no longer do. Yeah, and I think that there's, you're right, I think there's a lot of confusion on that. And and even when you look at, right, a private cloud and how that ties in and or things like DRAS or different company, you know, different things like that that necessarily may not even be in a in a public domain. They may be within the, the customer's own premise, right? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cloud, like I said, cloud is not a location or a company. It, it, it's a way of, of doing business and a methodology. And DRAS is, is a great example of that because some customers may, may wish to leverage a large private cloud provider, frankly, like us, because we play in that space, or they may wish to use AWS, or they may wish to go to some form of, of in-house uh, utilization for their DRAS strategy. But it's how they get it developed and implemented that really counts. Yeah, with, without a doubt. And I think that that's, that's the challenge is really getting on the same page with a lot of our clients or just in the market of what, what defines cloud and then what are the business attributes you're trying to hit to that the cloud will allow you uh, to be effective in. And not about the, I like your example of a model or versus a place. It's more of how does the, which model works for you best versus just what location is it and how do you do it? That's kind of the means to the end. Yeah, and customers have got to look very carefully at that transition when they go to make it. Because frankly, you can get engaged with the cloud because this is the hot thing and we're all moving towards it. And you can end up spending a tremendous amount of time and money and resources. And your IT spend is greater than it was before. Your productivity and your efficiency are no longer actually as good as they were when you were strictly in-house because you didn't prepare for it properly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that drives so kind of this podcast, right, is the hybrid cloud real. I think that that that's a great topic. And now that we kind of have an understanding of the baseline of what really cloud means to us, and I think we're in complete agreement there. When you hear that question, right, what first thing that you know comes to mind? What do you think the general market thinks of the hybrid cloud? Uh, be curious on that and then and then take the market and then even your perspective on it. Sure. Well, it's kind of funny. When I was preparing for this podcast, I went and I thought, what does AWS think the, that hybrid cloud means? And it was it was interesting because AWS defines hybrid as an on-ramp to their cloud. So hybrid is not an end goal to uh, AWS, which makes sense because they sell cloud, but really mm-hmm. nothing more than a path forward to get you there. And I, I don't feel that way. I think that when you look at hybrid cloud, it involves multiple components. It involves one or more public clouds at a given, right? You may be a a Google Compute Platform uh, uh, player. Uh, It involves private clouds, and that might be a cloud contained within your own data center, or it might be a cloud that is contained within a colo space. Again, cloud being your development methodology. And then it involves the tools, the management and the admin tools for provisioning, monitoring your services, and being able to move your workloads where it's appropriate across your different cloud domains. And frankly, the first pieces of it, right, the public cloud, the private cloud, colo, in-house, whatever, those are really, to a large degree, pretty straightforward uh, components. You, you go out and you, you, you source your, your cloud based on what you think your needs are. But if you're going to leverage multiple clouds, then it's that ability to move your workloads where appropriate, scale them as you need to, to take advantage of the unique components that each cloud offering brings to it, that's going to give you the real value. And that's where most customers, frankly, fall short. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that um, a lot of times we've seen, or and, and I'd be curious your perspective on how much time and effort that you see folks putting around the hybrid cloud, or is it that they dip their toe in the water and, you know, that where do you, where do you see customers getting stuck when they're trying to do that? Is that uh, a fair statement of 
they're they're sort of tying trying it out to make it work or they're putting their full efforts into making it uh, a feasible option for their business well I, I think most customers in start out by just as you said dipping their toes in the water right and this is actually one of the key things you have to start thinking about when you go to your initial move to the cloud is what's your end game? Because if you embrace a cloud platform, and let's just say you're a, you're a big Office 365 customer, and so it's a natural focus of yours to say, we're gonna go to Azure. Uh, you need to be deciding right up front, am I going to commit my company 100% to the Azure platform and drink that Kool-Aid? Because it's just really another form of vendor lock-in. And while there's some really compelling reasons to get locked into Microsoft, that's what you're doing. So you've got to know that up front and say, no, I, I don't necessarily want to see myself being in Microsoft three years from now or five years from now. So my cloud strategy from day one is going to make sure I look at my business partners that are going to help me move to the cloud and the tools that I'm going to use to make that move happen. And I'm going to do it with an eye towards maintaining the flexibility so that as my needs change and I grow, I can bring up other alternative cloud solutions. Yeah, and I think what you're, what are, you're articulating there is that moving a data center or part of a data center into a virtual environment takes as much time and resources as it would to go out and build a full set of it. Of a, of a data center within your own on-prem, which we've been doing for years. Yeah, and I actually would, would say it, it may take more time, effort, money in many ways because, frankly, many of us have been in this industry for a lot of years. We know how to build data centers. Yes, they're expensive and they're time-consuming, but we know how to do it. We know how to deploy apps in there. Most companies have embraced the DevOps culture that makes that more efficient. But we have not necessarily gone all the way out to do the refactoring, re-architecting that you need to do to make cloud effective for you. So that that migration to the cloud is a challenge that I think is often far greater uh, than it is first seen to be when companies start that movement. And who do you recommend to your clients and people you've been working with for a while that are a lot of those transitional companies um, that you spoke of that you know, use DevOps to their advantage and are pretty sophisticated. How do you or who do you recommend to them when they're looking at, you know, consultants or people that can help them and, and doing this journey? What What's that what's that prototype type of uh, consultant, if you will, or company look like that's going to help them with that? Great question. And I think you've got to look at who you're going to partner with at multiple levels. There's a ton of companies, really good companies out there that are very, very capable at helping you as an organization refactor your uh, your application, maybe even re-architect it. But these are oftentimes born in the cloud companies, and that's what they know really well. They know AWS, they know Google, they know Azure, but you, you really want to work with a company that has one foot in each of these worlds. You got they got one foot in the cloud world, they've got one foot in the traditional world, and they've created a practice that bridges the gap. So they completely and fully understand your existing 
data center environment, your colo environment, and and all of the infrastructure that you've built. But they also understand what it is in the cloud space that you want to get to, so they can create that path for you as quickly and efficiently and as inexpensively as possible. Yeah, that that what you hit on there, I think it is a common challenge that people bring up. I know in my case, and as you said, to in, in certainly in your situation where the customer looks for that cloud expert as they think is their first step. And while they may have some help and advantages um, and deep expertise, but you can't forget about the current environment that you're running your infrastructure on. And if they don't understand that, you're going to, you know, you're going to shift one problem to another area. And, you know, that's, that I think is a big misnomer out in the marketplace that you only have one expertise. And if you don't have that hybrid understanding, because most people aren't starting their company in the cloud, some are, but some already have legacy infrastructure, legacy apps to deal with. And if you don't understand that, it's going to be hard to start to migrate and take advantage of the cloud for whatever advantage, whatever cloud that may be or whatever model that may be for you. You know, and it's interesting you made the you, you made that quick comment about companies that start in the cloud. They actually also need some of that same expertise of, of traditional versus cloud because they may start in the cloud, but as they grow, they face the same challenges around security, around access uh, for their customers into their cloud space, for their own developers to make sure that when they go and they build out an app in, in, in whatever cloud they're using, that the, uh, the access is secure and they have to deal with the same challenges. And they usually don't recognize that because you think that this is a panacea. I go to an AWS and I, I've got it all. Well, AWS will tell you, you don't have it all. You've all right. got security at, at, you know, up to the layer of the OS and then the rest of it's your problem. And a lot of companies that start out in the cloud don't get that. And why do you think that is that we run into a fair amount of customers also that are in the middle of a migration that didn't go well or isn't going well? Do you think that where would you kind of, if you were going to zero in on something that you would guess Obviously, it's, you know, it's a bit of a guess because we're not using a real customer. Where do you feel that common challenge that they've done when they were having migration problems? Do you think it's around planning? They, don't, they didn't understand the resources. What would you kind of zero in on that you see on a, in a common basis? Absolutely, it's around planning. It's, it's all about the planning. I think that companies start out and they think I can pick up my apps, I can move it into the cloud and and I'm and I'm good to go and I'm going to be able to take advantage of the elasticity and the cost savings and not have the capex that I do today. But the complexity of that move is extraordinary. I mean something as simple as, oh, I want to be able to spin my applications up and down as I as I need them. Well, does your application even support that? And then right. what is the implication of that? And then how are you going to scale that out on a region global basis and what's your DR strategy and again these vendors uh, have a lot of great tools that help you with this I mean I recently went through a whole series of AWS certs myself so I can stay current so I know what the tools are but having that book knowledge is very very different than having that okay I know how to actually do it in the real world knowledge and so it's the planning and it's the partnering because it's new to this customer so do they have the relationship with the right solutions provider slash consultancy that will help them overcome all of those challenges. The practical knowledge, right? Yep. Uh, somebody sitting down and saying, here's the mistake we made. We we put an ability to 
exit in, let's use AWS. We built, we put in an ability to get into AWS, but we didn't think about how to do a multi-cloud strategy and, or we didn't think about how should we, if we need to start leveraging on-prem for whatever reason, or a different type of, uh, well, I guess same thing, different type of cloud environment, did we build for that or did we build kind of a bridge that's only one directional? Yep, it's really it's Hotel California. It's easy to check in, but you can't check out, and that's very that's very very true. When companies look at, okay, hey, it makes a lot more sense to pull this out of our current public cloud provider and put it into a private cloud because it's a steady state production, and we're going to be keeping this for the next couple of years using a pretty similar run rate. So, from a cost perspective and a management perspective, let's put it into a private cloud. Well, did you think about how you were going to get there when you put it in there in the first place, 99% of the time, the answer is no. And so then making that hybrid cloud strategy become a, a valid solution is next to impossible. Yeah, for sure. Kevin, do you hear a lot about uh, security as much as in, in public cloud that you, I think we heard a year or two ago or three or four, is that is still a concern you're seeing with your clients? Absolutely. Because the need for security is even greater, right? The hack attacks, the level of, of attempted penetrations by organized crime, by state entities continues to grow. And cloud providers do a fantastic job of securing the infrastructure, whether they're a public cloud provider or you, you use some type of colo solution, infrastructure as a service solution for your private cloud. But they only take it really to the infrastructure level. So... You know, you can get a, a application firewall from your public cloud provider, but what about getting into the cloud, getting out of it, moving your data, and how do you ensure that you are protected when all of that is going on? So security is paramount, and just because it's in the cloud, it, it doesn't go away. In fact, it's probably even more important, especially for these born-in-the-cloud companies that don't think about that from day one. And where do you see um, clients going from a manageability standpoint of public cloud, um, since that seems to be kind of the predominant 800 pound grill out there of what are they doing on a day to day basis? Do you feel like they've got a good feel for being, are they being as efficient as possible? Are they, you know, maximizing cost or minimizing cost? Are they looking at, you know, production sides and, different uh, components that, that make a change. How do you see their, the, the folks today, clients that are using a public cloud, their visibility into it and their manageability? Is it a set and forget or do you feel like people are doing a good job on that? Or is that a hole that um, they're, we're seeing out there in the, in the market? I sincerely hope it's not a set and forget, though I, I, I know for a lot of customers it can be until they actually sit there at the end of the year and add up all of those bills. <laughs> exactly. it, it's it, it's, a, it's a real challenge because it's incredibly easy to go and spin up an instance and build out your your, your elastic load balancer and, and replicate it into multiple regions and, and availability zones and then not think about the fact that it's up there and it's running. And you haven't 
made sure that you've put all the tools in place to turn it off when you don't need it. And so the, the tool sets are more complex and require a level of sophistication that a lot of customers don't necessarily have. And the, the other piece of that, and especially for the hybrid cloud, is you've got to make sure that some of your deployment and your automation and your migration tools are all also going to work across all of your cloud environments. Or again, you can't take advantage of that. And so you've got to, again, factor that in into the planning piece. Yeah. So what I'm hearing for sure is it's it's paramount that, you know, planning, planning and planning for so that you are looking at where things stand today, how you can leverage what particular model works best for you and then predict for the future of where you think your environments may go. And on that note, I would ask you, what do you think the future is? If you had to look in your crystal ball, what is the future of the hybrid cloud? We kind of know what it think we're defining what it is today. Where do you see it going um, or what do you see the advantages in, in the future around this topic? I think it's going to continue to grow and I, I think we will see customers move more towards hybrid cloud solutions over the next few years as the tool sets that you need to make that move very easy and seamless and fast, right? Because that's the thing. You want to be able to shift these resources where you need to shift them with the minimal amount of, of cost and, and overhead, whether that's machine or, or people overhead. And the open source community is very, very aggressively building out tools and taking a look at what the big guys, right, the Googles, the Facebooks of this world have done to create the economies of scales and the efficiencies that they need to operate. And they're, they're creating open source tools and a whole community around them that are going to make this much easier first for the large enterprises and then the mid-tier enterprises to uh, also adopt and make that part of their business model. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're spot on. I think that one of the parts that is going to make the digital revolution, if you will, successful is for people to look at how can they take access and and really take advantage of all the offerings that are out there, but build it in a complete planning fundamental way that allows them to. And otherwise, as you kind of opened up your statement of you're going to get closed off, you're going to get vendor lock-in. And if you don't do the right planning up front, you're not going to be able to take advantage of the benefits the hybrid give you today, but let alone what it's going to be in a year or two. And that takes some real design architecture and that takes some real thought process. And I think that that's you know, there's not a lot of people out there that I see or probably you see that uh, have the skill sets in that in, in multitude of those conversations. We see people that are very good in one element or areas, but, you know, combining that and pulling that together is key to achieving the hybrid cloud. So it sounds like you would agree and, and it sounds like it's real. <laughs> Absolutely. When you when you start this journey and you say you're going to move to the cloud or you're in the cloud and you realize that you need to have more flexibility and you look to those partners to help you get there, look at what they're doing in all facets of 
the infrastructure and application development space? And and do they have the breadth and depth of knowledge to help you? And then look who, who they've worked with. I mean, what is their customer base and, and how long have they been doing that? I mean, not to make a plug for us, but you know, we, we've been at this for a lot of years and we've built a, a very cohesive set of tools and resources within our organization that span all of these disciplines. And it's one of the things that makes me proud to work for this company is that we have the ability to really help customers. And that's what our customers or other customers that are out there listening to this need to make sure that they look at partners that we're going to are going to give them everything they need to be successful, not just today, but three years from now. And that's what you've always got to be thinking about. Where are you going to be there? And do you have the right partnerships to help you get there? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Understanding, you know, what what is the right technology? Understanding what is the right um, premise? What is the right model to consume? And then also looking at your people and your process side, right? Do I have the right people that could even help me today? I want to go do a hybrid cloud. Do I have is the skill set or do I need to go acquire it or contract with it? Do I have the right processes in place that would allow? And 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 I think you're right that people forget a lot about that and they go to those single expertise. And that's certainly one thing that we like to say we bring to the table from not just years and years of experience of doing it, but all those facets so that you make a decision based on what the customer is trying to achieve. You know, frankly, this is a an, an incredible time to be in the IT space. The challenges that we face as solutions providers, the challenges we face as, as customers, um, they're immense. But it 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 it's going to be a lot of fun to work to help solve these and help our customers move down this this path to this brave new world. And I, I'm excited. I got to just got to tell you. I'm with you. I think that, uh, you know, I was, it was exciting to bring, have a conversation with you about this because I think the, is the hybrid cloud real scares a lot of people. And clearly, you know, from listening to this and just our conversation here today, it it doesn't scare you. Um, You've been doing this a long time and you understand all the different facets to it. You've definitely tried to explain to people that it's not a place that's a model. It is real plan, prepare, um, but don't be scared, but pick the right partner. And I think that it's going to be exciting. I think it's only going to continue to grow. Um, and I think it's also going to start to really elevate uh, the partners out there and the people that have all these elements into their business, because otherwise you're going to get a very siloed approach, which is what's causing the challenges. So listen, Kevin, this has been great. Always great to chat with you. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Jamie. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, until next time. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.